Hey there, Dr. Emily Kybird here with Muscle Medicine Podcast. Just you and me today. And I want to share some things I've been playing with with the last three weeks in how to really calm any anxiety during these times. And these are just wild, crazy times, whether you are working from home and trying to manage working from home, taking care of your kids, because the work demand has not diminished. Or if you're someone like me who literally closed down their clinic on March 16th and went from, you know, full-time business owner to full-time mama of a four-year-old and an almost eight-month-old, Elvis in Brooklyn. And no matter which way you spin it, it's a time to really reflect, to pause, to enjoy the stillness and take a moment and see what bubbles to the surface. Is it a time for transformation, for creation? Is it a time to just be with your kids and get to know them better and also test your own (laughs) limits in patience? And whichever way you spin it, I think it's important to have tools in your toolbox that help calm any anxiety that comes to the surface because it's inevitable. We're going to get anxious. We're going to get overwhelmed. We're going to feel like we're not enough. We might feel, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm mean mommy and sometimes we'll feel shame and guilt and it's all rooted in a single emotion, which is fear, right? So overwhelm and anxiety is really rooted in fear, fear of the unknown, fear, how long is this going to last, fear in what's going to happen when we get back, you know, for myself, is my practice going to be really slow coming back? So I want to just give you some tips that I do to stay present and to also help kind of organize my day in terms of time management because my husband works from home and is taking work calls all day, which sometimes I'm like, what do you guys talk about for hours and hours on end on work calls? But I just want to give you some tips and tricks. (laughs) No resentment there, right? Can you tell? (laughs) Tips and tricks to just really plan your day, create time management So that you can be your best self with your kids, your best self with your employees, and your best self when you do work. So my day starts the night before. So I take a big piece of post-it, not a little post-it, but like a big post-it that's, I don't know, three feet by two feet wide. And I literally draw in every single day. I ask Elvis, what colors do you want the lines? And we choose a marker with the colors. And I write out from when we wake up until almost right before we go to bed. I write out every hour of the day. And then there's a column for daddy, mommy, and Elvis. And we fill in when we are ha- when we have calls. So Elvis has calls. He has Zoom calls, even though he is four years old and in Montessori. He has Zoom calls with his entire class. And then they scheduled ones for just a couple of their class kids to make them into smaller groups. And then there's story time and aftercare time. So those go in first. 
then DJ's calls go in. And then my calls with patients, because I am seeing patients remotely via Zoom, those all go in first. Then we block out when lunch and nap time is. Nap time for Elvis. Sometimes I jump on that bandwagon. And then we put in rooftop time because we are social distancing and not really going out that much, but we do have access to our rooftop in New York City and we have our own space outside of the communal rooftop space. So we put in rooftop time because I think it's important for him to run around, get sunshine, get his vitamin D levels up, work out all that toddler boy energy, which I'm sure many mothers know exactly. Sometimes I'm like, who are you? (laughs) What happened to my sweet little boy (laughs) from when you were a baby? So that's always the night before. Then in the morning, and we try to wake up the same time every morning, so around 7.30, I like to start my day savory, right? So like hashtag start savory. And I eat five eggs for breakfast, which is about 30 grams of protein. And I don't eat carbs for breakfast. Sometimes I'll delay when I eat breakfast. It might be a little bit later than 8.30, like around 10 or 11. But I always, it's protein. And if I eat carbs, I notice that I turn into mean mommy two hours later. And there's a dip in my energy. I feel sluggish. I have brain fog. And when I've tracked that with a continuous glucose monitor, which is just a device that you put in your arm and it monitors your blood glucose levels constantly throughout the day, I wore one of those for two weeks. If I ate a carb, even if it was half of a gluten-free bagel, which are super thin with the protein, with the eggs, I would have a dip two hours later, like I'd have a spike in my blood sugar and then I'd have a dip. So I just eat protein for breakfast. So hashtag start savory is one of my tips to really calm any anxiety is to regulate your blood sugar levels by starting your day with protein. I also have coffee. The next tip would be to only have one cup of coffee. Sometimes I'll have coffee in the morning and then I'll have another cup at like 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. And I will like I will just crash and tank out and then I won't be able to sleep at night. I'll be up until like midnight when I have to get up with my kids at 7.30 in the morning the next day. So I only have one cup of coffee. That's kind of like note to self, one cup of coffee, I'm not two. No matter how much at three o'clock you're like, dear God, just give me that sweet, sweet espresso on my lips. I limit myself to one because I noticed the past three weeks when I was having two, I turned into mean mommy again. So we talked about planning your night, planning your day the night before. Part of the planning, by the way, I forgot to mention this, is the big three, the big three rocks. So we do this at Urban Wellness Clinic as a team. I do this personally. And it dropped off a little bit when I first closed the clinic. And we are physically closed, but we are open to our patients. So... I always write my big three because I, I can get really easily distracted and do the busy work that feels like things are getting done. But at the end of the day, you look at your list and the most important things 
didn't get done. So the big three things to move the needle in your business that are going to help you march towards the vision that you have for your business and for yourself. So for example, like answering emails is not a big three. Okay. A big three for me might be contacting 20 patients, reaching out to 20 patients that are in my top 40 list calling them and then scheduling a zoom call from those calls. So that would be a big three. For example, in urban wellness clinic, a big three for an online business, my online business thyroid strong, which is a strength training course for women with Hashimoto's to learn how to work out without burning out. So it's kettlebell course. So my big three for tomorrow is to record a thank you video after someone opts in to then encourage them and invite them to purchase the tripwire, right? So these are all marketing terms, if you've never heard of these, which is just like a low cost offer that is already in thyroid strong. But if people are like, I don't know if I want to commit to like a full six weeks and the full price of the course, I just want like a little bit and get a little taste. So my goal is to record the thank you video and then invite them to download the neck and low back pain videos that are a small part of the bigger course thyroid strong. So that would be another rock. Another uh, big three rock for tomorrow would be Elvis has been consistently at school before schools closed, writing his name five times throughout the day. And it kind of dropped off when homeschooling, which has really kind of turned into unschooling, came around. So I'm going to get him to write his name five times tomorrow. So those would be big three, planning out the night before. Number two, start savory, one coffee, not two. Number three, so I noticed that some of my patients that I've been working with remotely are talking about really tight upper back, neck, headaches, even migraines. And when we do a Zoom call and I see, okay, what's their ergonomic setup at home? How are their movement patterns? How are they breathing? Giving them resets, giving them some mobility drills. The very first thing I notice is that the TV is on and it's on constantly. And I make a suggestion on top of all those other things, the ergonomics, the mobility, the strength, the breathing, is maybe they turn off the TV or maybe they have the picture on, but they have the sound off. So it's not creating that background stress and agitation. For myself, I give myself two 10-minute periods, usually one kind of midday and one in the evening, for to check social media, to check anything COVID-19 related. And that's it, right? So not constantly scrolling all day because I notice that takes me away from being present with the kids and limiting it to, you know, two times 10 minutes. And I noticed, you know, at first it was like 24 seven and then it dialed down, 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 down. Then it was like watching the evening news, which is an hour. And then it turned into two 10 minute chunks of time. And then there were a couple days where I didn't even check the news. I didn't check the New York Times to see what's up with like how many deaths, how many hospitalizations, how many New Yorkers tested for COVID-19. 
And I actually found that I was way happier on those days. Mommy? Elvis is going to come join the podcast for a sec. What's up, babe? Oh, my God. I love it. Is that a bear? So this is what happens when you record muscle medicine in your son's room as we are all social distancing. Okay. So turn off the TV, only checking social or COVID-19 related stuff twice a day, 10 minutes at the most. The next thing to kind of calm the anxiety would be giving. So I noticed I was doing all those other things, planning, coffee, food, working out, turning off social. And I was still like super agitated and anxious and overwhelmed. And I noticed that when I turned, when I flipped the switch of giving, right? So I would reach out to a colleague and see, you know, hey, how is all the applications for the SBA loan and the PPP act going? Do you need any help? How can I be there for you? What do you need? How can I support you? Or even just checking in being like, hey girl, what's going on? How are you holding up? So when I started to give was when I started to really kind of tamp down on any anxiety that would come to the surface. And then even checking in with the urban wellness clinic team and just see like, I know that they're following up with patients and they're there for all of our people, right? Because we're physically closed, but we are open. We're seeing people remotely. We're doing ergonomic assessments. We're going live every single day to do different workouts and give different tips and tricks. And it's a lot, like it's a lot of work and just checking in with them. And you know, how are you seeing? Because even checking in with patients means holding the space for all the emotions and the conversations that come up and come to the surface. So even just checking in the team, uh, Hey Beth, how you doing? How can I support you? What do you need? How's your hubs doing? And just like sending out a bunch of those kind of text messages or even calling people really started to shift any sort of negative energy or anxiety or overwhelm. The fifth thing would be when you start to feel anxiety creep in to dial in your breath. So a lot of people will talk about box breathing, which would be a breath in for four seconds, holding it for four seconds, and then breathing out for four seconds and then holding and literally visualizing a box. And I have found personally, and I even talked to a couple podcast guests about this. I think Stephen Porges was one of them of the polyvagal theory, which is you need to make the exhale longer than the inhale. You need to make the exhale twice as long as the breath in to put yourself into that parasympathetic, calm, rest, digest, that feeling of well-being and that everything's okay. So when you're box breathing, the inhale matches the exhale. So when you're feeling anxious, if you take a breath in, whatever it is, it's probably for like two counts, just make your breath out twice as long. Just try and lengthen it and get all the breath out till you're working up to maybe a four count breath in and an eight count breath out. 
And even just doing a couple of those when you feel anxiety come to the surface will immediately put you in that calm, everything's okay state. It puts you in that place where you're like, okay, I'm safe. The sixth thing that I would recommend is working out. And some days I skip it. I feel like I'm taking care of the kids. I can't take time for myself. And I do it first thing in the morning. And I find that it totally changes my energy, sets the mood for the day. I feel even keel. My husband's even like, (laughs) he notices a boost in my energy. He's like, did you take some Adderall? I was like, I've never taken Adderall, darling. This is me after even just like 20 minutes of kettlebell swings, pressing, push-ups, rows, You can tell those are all the things I like to do. If I throw in some squats and some lunges, which are not my favorite things, that's just icing on the cake. And so I think during those times, these kinds of times, it's important, like we are inundated with so much information. Everyone's doing a free workout. Everyone's doing an Instagram live. Everyone's mailing the list. And so just being like protecting your energy and protecting what comes into your sphere, including emails, including Instagram, Facebook, the news, Twitter, whatever it may be. Just knowing like we are so bombarded with information right now and just being gentle with yourself, being kind with yourself and being okay and not feeling any shame or guilt If you want to kind of block that kind of information out, including Urban Wellness Clinic newsletters, if it may be, so that you can sit with yourself and really enjoy the time with your family, enjoy the downtime with yourself. Like really, when else are we going to be able to get this kind of time to ourselves? One of my mentors, Lawrence Tam of Nitro, he's in Australia, shared this with me that people go through these five emotions during this time. And so the first emotion is anxiety. Then we move to grief, which can also look like anger. So anxiety to anger, to acceptance, to adaptation, to action. And so depending on what stage we are in, will change how we communicate or how someone communicates with us and how we show up. So let's say someone else is in in the first stage, which is anxiety, panic. How's this going to look? How's When's this going to end? What's it going to look like when we pop out on the other side of this? And so when someone's in a phase of anxiety, you just need to communicate with them. And just have lots of communication, lots of open channels, open lines of communication. And it might just even be, in terms of communication, listening. Just being an amazing listener and holding the space for whatever comes out. After anxiety is anger or grief. So if someone you know has moved from anxiety to anger and they're just like so angry. These are like my mean mommy moments. (laughs) (laughs) which I'm really trying to work on. And I do lots of do-overs from Hando Group with my kiddo. So if someone's in anger or grief, they need emotional support. Hey, what do you need? How can I support you? You're still holding the space, but it's holding the space in a different way. When we're in anxiety, it's holding the space to just listen 
with anger and grief, it can be giving some feedback, recommendations, your opinion of a situation, and just emotional support, positive energy. Once you move from anger to acceptance, so let's say someone has moved from anger to acceptance, like, okay, this is a situation. We're in stay at home and businesses are closed. Harder to get some food to the house, but you make it work. That person needs guidance, right? So it's more, a little more strategic in terms of what you communicate with them. And after acceptance is adaptation. And in the adaptation phase, when someone's in that place, like, okay, this is how my day is going to look. This is when I'm going to go to Whole Foods because it seems to have like two hour lines there. And you're just, you're making it work with a new situation that you're in. That person needs direction. I do this a lot with my husband. I'm kind of like orchestrating the day (laughs) in terms of our adaptation. And then the last step is action, taking action. And some of us might not even get to this step. It might just be living in a place of acceptance and adaptation. And I know for myself, taking action, moving off the mark, taking action and executing, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not A plus work, even if it's like B minus work, okay, helps me get out of that anxious state. So if you notice someone else is in that place of taking action, your communication with them is going to be helping helping steer them, especially if you lead a team, especially with like coworkers or your partner. My mentor shared that with me and I thought it was just really an interesting way to view this current lens of the world through to just get clarity on how we communicate with others around us. Because if you are talking to someone that is in high anxiety and you're talking to them, giving them direction and guidance and steering to take action, they are not ready. They are going to freeze like a lizard, like that old reptilian brain, and they will just just totally shut down. So just to recap, ways to calm that anxiety that bubbles to the surface during these times, plan your day the night before, what are your big three rocks you need to execute on to move the needle in your business? Number two, hashtag start savory, one cup of coffee, not two. Start your day with protein, optimal protein, 30 grams. Number three, minimize the amount of social media, the scroll, the TV watching, the COVID-19 news that you take in. Number four, give. Give to your colleagues, give to your significant others, check in with your friends. I have sent way more text messages to my friends (laughs) these past three weeks than they have probably ever gotten knowing me over the past couple decades. Number five, the breath. Make the exhale twice as long as the breath in. Number six, get your workout in. It is a non-negotiable, especially during these times. We do not want to get quarantine 15, like freshman 15, except quarantine 15, and put on the pounds because it is going to take you so long to lose that weight. And then just holding the space and being kind to yourself. 
and letting go of the negative voice or the things that we tell ourselves, like, God, why did I do that? Oh, that was so stupid. Oh, I'm such a loser. Like anything that's negative, feeling any sort of shame or guilt, let it come. You can feel it, but then let it pass and know that I always ask myself, is this true or is this a story that I'm telling myself? So I think that's always kind of a good gauge because it's probably a story you're telling yourself. It's probably not true. All right, guys, stay healthy. Hang in there. We are here if you need us. You can always drop us a DM in social or shoot us an email, emily at urbanwellnessclinic.com. And really use this time to be still with yourself and enjoy the spaciousness of time and enjoy holding space for the emotions that come up within yourself and the emotions that come up in those people that are around you, your, your dear ones, your, your kids. All right, guys, take care. That's a wrap. I have two truths that I fully believe in. First, to be 1% better every single day. And second, all feedback is good feedback because it helps us grow. Why do I say this? If you're enjoying these conversations and you find this is adding value, send us some love by subscribing to Muscle Medicine Podcast on iTunes. And if you want to share your voice with the world and scream it from the rooftops and tell your friends, or you can just give us a little feedback so we can grow by rating and reviewing Muscle Medicine on iTunes. Thank you guys so much gratitude. Dr. Emily Kybert here.